Hi, this is Jessie Chu. And Quinn Nguyen, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season four. We're here to share paper flower journeys, engage with makers and artists, support small creative businesses, and chat about our obsessions. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. We are so grateful that you're here. Make sure to hit subscribe and consider supporting us by writing a review. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Sarah Kim with us, Sarah Kim of Handmade by Sarah Kim. We are so excited to have you on again, Sarah. It's been a year. (laughs) Hey, Sarah. Good to see you guys. You guys, I actually got to meet Sarah over the summertime. She actually came up to Seattle (laughs) and I got to meet her in person. It was wonderful. (laughs) That was so much fun. I'm so glad that like we officially got to do that. And I like my dream is to be able to go and, you know, meet fellow paper flower artists, not necessarily just in Southern California, but around the world, world, right? Yeah. Like country, yeah. different countries. Yeah. <laughs> when we can just travel again. In Canada. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I was so, I was so sad that I missed the meeting. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it would have been so fun. Um, I, I wanted to say, like, if you travel, I'm sure a lot of people would want to come and meet you as well. Yes, oh, thank so you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have done so much for the paper flower industry and community, oh. and have <laughs> yes, there's so many people who have talked about how your work has influenced them, and how oh. you know how your mentorship or your friendship has been so meaningful to their business. Um, and I think that's just so, so wonderful. You know, you sharing Aww. your experiences with them and giving them guidance and confidence. Um, that's, yeah, yeah. They only have good things to say about you. So I'm oh, sure you. <laughs> you were like, I'm here. It's such an honor. Life. Yeah. Totally <laughs> <do> it. <laughs> it's such an honor. Like I, that's like so flattering. And like, I, I love that. That's basically what I want to do. I want to teach. I want to inspire. And, um, and make paper flowers. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so one um, thing that we want to talk to you about today, as everyone knows, this season we're talking about how to bring in more various incomes on how to sell paper flowers. And you, Sarah, do so much. Not only are you on TikTok, you're on YouTube, of course, Instagram, you teach. Um, tell us all the different ways that you're able to bring in incomes for your business. Okay, so it's definitely been different with the the since the last time that we talked because it's been a year. Yeah. And a year of staying home really. Mm-hmm. And um before the pandemic, I want to say a lot of my income really came from just producing the flower itself. Um so it was a lot of products. I did a lot of like big events where they would give the flowers out as party favors, or I would do like window displays or weddings. All of that technically has been canceled for the whole year. So actually, like, through the pandemic, I learned so much. And I'm actually, I feel like I'm not that much of an expert in this, but I felt like I was making progress in trying to change all of that within the year, because I actually did have plenty of time to think about it. The last time I talked to you guys, I think I had just started monetizing on YouTube and maybe it was like a half a year. I think it took mm-hmm. me like six to seven months to like meet the requirements of YouTube channel monetizing. And it was definitely like a huge learning process for me because I didn't know how to edit my video. I didn't even know how to turn on the video 
recording part of my DSLR because it, it's actually like a small little button on the side and I didn't even know what that was meant for. That's how <laughs> bad I was like doing video stuff. And I think with the pandemic, not only was just in general, like even on Instagram, there was like reels, videos, they were becoming a bigger part of even social media with TikTok. So I had to learn how to do videos basically. And then I started researching the whole process of like building a YouTube channel. So with that, it like kind of opened up like a whole new like part of my business, which was tutorials, doing online workshops. It wasn't until this year that I started doing uh, digital templates also. So it was another way to technically make money without producing the flower itself. So it's like a you buy it and it's automated. And I have like these templates for each flower for you to make with the cutting machine, whether it's a silhouette or a cricket. And that's something that I never touched also before the pandemic. So it was Mm -hmm. all just within this year. And it's now a huge part of my business, which is really weird because I like, I'm not used to basically just being at home. (laughs) I I did a lot of in-person workshops and I did a lot of these like events kind of thing and all of that. Like, I mean, I'm doing in-person workshops slowly right now, like having a few here and there, but it's definitely not the way it used to be. Mm -hmm. I used to have it almost every week, but now it's like maybe once a month. And even then, like, we don't want to plan too much in-person stuff in advance because I, we don't know what a couple months later will look like Mm -hmm. here. So yeah, basically I pivoted my whole business within the last time I talked to you guys. I think I was just getting into the whole making tutorials and like, I think I was still like barely knowing how to edit still though, in a sense. But now I could actually edit down my video. I could shoot my video, prep, film, and edit all within like a couple hours. Whereas the last time I spoke to you guys, I think I was doing it all day long. Like (laughs) a whole day of filming, a whole day of editing, a whole day of like finally uploading it. Um, So like definitely the practice helps, right? And I've Mm -hmm. I've been practicing and yeah, so... YouTube has been a huge part of my business this past year. With that, I also have affiliated links for like commission, which is like if you if you buy your materials off the links that I provide for you guys, I get like a small commission off yeah. the sale. So that's below my YouTube video and I get a few sales here and there per tutorial, which is which adds up and it's, you know, I'm really grateful for having that. And then it also brings in sponsored content because Mm -hmm. like all these brands, actually, they're not looking for just photos now. They're looking for videos. They're looking for TikTok videos, real videos Mm -hmm. and YouTube, like full tutorials also. So that kind of opened up, like I'm able to be like marketable basically to the brand Mm -hmm. because I'm making videos now. And then also like the crafting supply brands because I'm using specific supplies. So mm-hmm. that also kind of opened that up. And I, I want to say my real passive income from this whole process would be like the downloadable templates because mm-hmm. I make them, yeah. I make them once. And then after that, it's just being generated through the YouTube channel because it's directing you to my templates. So, and, and I'm now having right, sponsored. Uh-huh. 
I just want to ask, just to clarify, for the content in your YouTube channel, is it you teaching how to make this paper flower and then telling people, hey, you can buy the template by clicking on the link yeah. below? Yeah. Okay, so it's linked. So it's directly have, linked. It's not even yeah. like, hey, preview. It's like directly no. linked. Like, if you want to make mm-hmm. it like this, you need my template. Yes. And the beauty of it all with YouTube is you need content. So I needed to make content anyways. And then mm-hmm. I wanted them to go to my website, basically. How do I yeah. get that? And even if I don't have the templates, because I do have uh, plenty of tutorials that are just free hand cutting, you don't need the template or like smaller DIY like projects. Um, it's still a way to like basically take them to my website somehow, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah. getting my name out there. So that that's why YouTube has been like such a huge part. And I mean, in the beginning, I think I was making like not that much off the channel itself, mm-hmm. but it's grown like probably double or triple from where I started within just the year that I started getting monetized. I think it, I'm hitting one year because I, I was monetized in August, right when I was talking to you guys. Yes. <laughs> what <does> that, <laughs> and just to clarify, what does that mean when you say like, oh, you monetize? So, okay, the YouTube channel being monetized, it's actually a very long like it's a lot harder than you think, but once you get there, it's it's pretty good. Their requirement, like you can't quote me on this because I don't really know. You have you can probably look it up on YouTube, but I think it's like you need to have like I don't know thousands of hours viewed. Four thousand. Four thousand. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I didn't even know that. Okay. And you need like maybe a thousand subscribers. Or subscribers. Like yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that yep. right? Okay. Yep. So the subscribers, I think I hit. Like, luckily, even that was kind of hard because uh, I'm being honest, like, I don't subscribe to YouTube channels. <laughs> I think you need to, like, sign on. And I'm actually not a YouTube person to begin with. Like, I don't watch YouTube videos. Yeah. Now I do, actually, because now I want to learn what people are editing, what people are, you know, thinking it's cool content. Like, yeah. I actually do watch YouTube videos now. But mm-hmm. I didn't when I first started. I actually mm-hmm. hadn't, I didn't even have a YouTube account. I think I had opened one a long time ago that I had yeah. to like refix because yeah. I didn't even know I had one. <laughs> and then I put up like one or two videos that like my yeah. friend helped me edit. And then I like, it was just sitting there for a really long time. So anyways, like once you meet those requirements, that's when you get advertisement fees. So any video like in the beginning, and I think you have like banners on the side, basically yeah. any of those gives you money. Oh, those that pop up, those ones that mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. watching YouTube video, I'm like, I have to watch this before yeah. I watch the video. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Oh my God, that's and a privilege. You, yeah. <laughs> and if you're like a YouTube member, like I think if you have like a premium? special account, yeah, premium, premium. Yeah. So if you pay for the YouTube app, yeah. they actually give you a portion too for nice. like oh. having views from you, even though you don't watch my ad. Because if you have the premium account, yeah, if you have the premium account, you already paid for it. So you don't get advertisements on your video. But you still get paid. If you watch my video, I get like a little something. Oh, good to know. know. So it's actually still like I get paid for it or something like that. But I'm I'm actually not 100% sure where all those prices are. (laughs) But if you go on your channel there, it breaks it down for you, basically. Yeah. Cool. I know there's so then, been many changes, so <laughs> thanks for breaking it down for the most recent yeah. ones. <laughs> and actually, it used to be really easy to get monetized, like 
I want to say like, you know, five, six years ago or something, like you didn't have to have subscribers. You just needed a certain amount of views. I've so heard. Like, yeah, yeah. That's but why I was now, curious what it's now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the updated ever since I, when I got it, it was last year. And that was when they said like, you need an X amount of hours and however many subscribers. And I remember thinking like, I don't even have that many hours of video to even watch, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause that's a lot of hours. Yeah. Like, even if everybody watched it for like, I'm thinking like, should I watch my own videos like a thousand <laughs> times, but it still wouldn't meet it. So, but once you meet it and, and I think I wanted to say like my biggest advice is to just be consistent and produce whatever video it's just like Instagram, right? Like mm-hmm. if you only have five photos on there, like, yeah, you're not going to have like 10,000 followers because you only have five photos on there so I think you just need to keep up your video content too and I think there was a problem with me like I didn't really want to produce content that wasn't good I was like oh it needs to have the perfect lighting and needs to have the best like equipment but then like then I I would never get you know anywhere Mm -hmm. so I remember like when I first started I was like you know what like I whatever you know just post it even if it's not good quality like get somewhere and actually like one of my best videos like that has the highest views is actually like terrible quality but (laughs) it's giving me views yeah do you know why sorry I mean if it's not quality obviously is it because it was um it was the, the first one you yeah was it the content or was it because it, the time that it was available it could, or it could be ju- just the fact that it's been an older video like it's yeah. been out there for more than a year but also the video itself it, it's um how to make paper out of paper scraps I think mm. I guess it's a popular oh, I watched that one that was fantastic yeah. I even yeah. purchased a product from there because I like, yeah, <laughs> want to do that with my crepe paper scraps yeah yeah <laughs> it's really fun and uh, like I think it has like a different type of um, texture and things like that. So you can make flowers out of that type of paper too. And it's just, it's just, you know, romantic looking like the handmade paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The quality was great. Oh, I thought the quality was terrible. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, um, I, in the beginning I had bought like all this equipment. So I did like lighting stuff and everything like, and I didn't know how to edit the lighting in my editing like program Mm -hmm. so it was really harsh lighting I feel like now Mm -hmm. with what I know now I actually edit through a program called Premiere Mm -hmm. and you can edit like kind of like the softness of the lighting and like there's like a lot of different options that you can like change the balance whatever Mm -hmm. so I had to take plenty of tutorials to like figure all of that out to myself like yeah. I didn't I like it's actually really intimidating looking like for me like I'm really not a tech person so it's weird to think like my business right now it all relies on tech stuff yeah. so it's like me yeah. editing videos doing videos being yeah. on my computer and then with my silhouette cameo machine yeah. like I never did any of that stuff when I probably talked to you guys I I just started mm-hmm. doing it more recently too so it's weird to think like I even though I'm making paper flowers still it's like it's like a, another world of you know making paper flowers yeah. and teaching it yeah. online you know yeah. yeah it's so true like most of my days I'm sitting in front of a computer 
I now yeah. dedicate my evenings to make paper okay. flowers because that's mm-hmm. the only time that I'm not interrupted by emails, meetings, mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's just mm-hmm. easier to do all my video editing, podcast mm-hmm. editing during the daytime. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's so unexpected having this yeah. much computer time. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like definitely right now, what it looks like, at least in what in my business, like there's not as many people that are ordering paper flowers for events. There's not as many people that are buying big amount of paper flowers because before it used to be maybe for like wedding related stuff. Now all the weddings are smaller or limited or postponed or like they don't, they don't want to spend the money on that anymore. So things have changed so drastically. Like I feel like, like I can't count just the idea of just making paper flowers and selling them. I do them seasonally, but like throughout the year, basically, I I guess I have totally pivoted my business in teaching it online, doing tutorials, even though they're free tutorials, like I I want to be able to make money somehow, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I introduce templates. And like Quinn, I know you're doing like a packaged one, right? Like a kit. So I thought of doing kits too, but I felt like for me, like it's a lot, right? And I have to have like supplies and I have to have kind of a storage of mm-hmm. things because we, we had talked about that too. But I think what I wanted to concentrate for sure was doing like the template stuff only because I started getting sponsored for my machine for how mm-hmm. to use machine stuff like, oh, the, the Silhouette Cameo. So luckily I just got like the perfect opportunity and then be able to like grow it in a sense. And like when I first received it, I was like, oh my God, I have no idea how to even use it. And they had scheduled me to do a tutorial (laughs) on how to make paper flowers with the machine. And I was thinking, I don't even know. Like I haven't even turned it on. So I actually (laughs) had to figure it out for a whole day. And I like, I was thinking like, oh, I just said yes without even knowing like how to use it, you know? And because you're an entrepreneur, I, you have yeah. to do attitudes like, I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. And I had nothing but time because I was sitting at home anyways. And, you know, I wasn't doing any workshops or events. So I was like, I guess I should take advantage of this time and figure out all of these different yeah. ventures. So, yeah, like tech has been like such a huge part of my business now. And like, Sponsored content is a mm-hmm. pretty big thing too. And it's not necessarily like I have to produce like a bunch of flowers, but like teaching it using the right supplies that they mm-hmm. want me to use. Um, but I think overall, it's like paper flowers is a very marketable thing outside of just like the flower itself, right? Like yeah. we yeah. use paper, we use scissors, glue, like tools, and like Color even the. Yeah. And even the silhouette cameo, like you're able to use all of those things and like painting, like markers, like all of Mm -hmm. those stuff. So uh, technically we are a very like marketable, like industry in a sense, you know, like we, we buy all of those supplies and like we, I also did like a few sponsored content where it had to do with like um, shampoo because they had like a specific flower in the shampoo Mm -hmm. that I made. So like you it could be outside of like crafting too, you know, like, uh, like cards. Yeah. Um, How do you get yourself noticed by all these different sponsors? Okay. So honestly, like I just tagged and, you know, I I do think I, I have a presence uh, on Instagram right now. So it Mm -hmm. is nice because I Mm -hmm. like have built it over 
the however many years I've been on Instagram. But I think I would advise people to just tag the right brands, whatever brands that you can find, or even do like a mock mock-up prop styling version of what you think is cool. Like if you have some cute pair of shoes or something, or like I, I don't know, like vases or whatever. Like all of those things are like te- technically like marketable. Like I have like a really cute candle that's like expensive that I got it as a gift, and I was like, I'm gonna include that as a prop and make yeah. like your own mock-up like prop product shoot kind of thing. Yeah, yes, exactly, shoot. exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I, I actually one of my first times that I got a, like my gig, my first wholesale gig, it was because I. So I worked with anthropology a long time ago for hair accessories. And my first way of like being noticed, I guess, on Instagram, I I had a dress from them. And then I put like my accessory on the side. That's literally how they found me, asked me to be a wholesaler. And I made like hundreds and hundreds of headpieces just from that, just from an Instagram photo. Yeah. And then after that, like I I was noticed just being on anthropology, their wedding line. And this was like years and years ago when I first started even doing like a wholesale kind of project. Yeah. So I would say just tag them. You never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I do technically have like a price sheet that I try to put together Mm -hmm. um, where it shows you like your stats of your Instagram and your social media so that you could pitch yourself to brands. But I've never sent it to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, luckily, I have like enough, I guess, for me to feel comfortable. Um, But I would love to in the future to Mm -hmm. like pitch my work. So if you guys want to like um, get yourself like kind of like a price sheet, make it into like a cute portfolio. I actually have a few friends of mine that are really, really huge in the Instagram world and they're artists. Mm-hmm. And they do that. They send it to brands and they get to work with brands like even Starbucks and mm-hmm. like like huge companies. Yeah. And they they had showed me. So I was like, oh, okay, like I could do something like that. Yeah. But I got around to kind of like putting it together, but I never pressed send. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. But I would recommend people doing that. Yeah. 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 The more you can control your own destiny, yeah. The more you feel. So you're, you're doing something so maybe yeah, on those I, days that you're like hmm, I feel like you know those days where you feel like not like they're your failure but you feel like hmm, I'm not going anywhere with my business mm-hmm. it's like I think it's that's when it's time to be like you know what, I'm gonna pitch because then you feel like mm-hmm. you're in control to some extent yeah. even at least if yeah. you, like people say no at least you know that you've tried right yeah. yeah sometimes it's hard just waiting around for somebody to notice you tag mm-hmm. them or something like mm-hmm. But it depends on the day and it depends on the person mm-hmm. who saw your post and it depends on if exactly. they missed it or not. And like, it's definitely. it's definitely can be hard. And actually like, just, I guess, what am I advice to like be marketable, I guess, if you want to be in that kind of like part of business, uh, they do have like a, like a crazy manual that I have to like read through <laughs> to have the right photos and the right uh-huh. videos. Like they don't, they definitely do have a, like a specific rule of stuff that you mm-hmm. need to make sure you meet. Like one of the things is like, they don't really like behind the scenes stuff. So if you're an Instagram that that's all you're posting, like scraps of paper everywhere with your flower, like they don't, they don't want that usually. Yeah, they when they're more polished look. They mm-hmm. definitely do look for aesthetics. I don't 
I wouldn't say you should like wait until your photos are like the perfect photos. Like they don't have to be professional, but like you need to be working towards making progress in your aesthetics in general, invest in like a nice camera, whatever camera that at least you could get by. Like when you're making videos, like one of the biggest things is they don't want you to film with your iPhone, obviously. And they don't want you to like edit your videos down with like a lower quality resolution. I don't even know the words. For that. <laughs> Basically, like uh, when I first started, I was just editing through iMovie because it's just a free, uh, like free program mm-hmm. through your MacBook. That was something they didn't want. They said you can't you can't edit through iMovie. It could only be like a certain. And there's like all these programs that I didn't have, <laughs> and I didn't know how to use. And they were like, you can only edit through here. And I think it's because it downgrades like the resolution when you're doing it through iMovie. And I didn't even know that. But like I don't even know these numbers. But they had all these numbers <laughs> that, um, that had like the resolution, like quality or whatever. Uh, you had to need it basically. So uh, I'm just uh, I'm just telling you guys this not because you need to go and figure all this out, but but like to have at least a goal and try to make progress in your in your quality of your photos. I mean, mm-hmm. really, that's what they're looking for, and yeah, they don't like they don't like it when you're in it. That's one of the things that they used to say to me all the time because I was thinking like, oh, can I be in the photo, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. They don't like your hands. <laughs> they don't like unless it's meant to be that. Like unless yeah, they like a tutorial want to feature you. Yeah. yeah, like you and your face. Other than mm-hmm. that, they don't even like it when your hands are in there. Like that was one of the rules. So uh, yeah. I guess because yeah. they're so, especially with big brands, they're so particular about what the mm-hmm. brand looks like. If they've got mm-hmm. too many other people coming in, it waters it yeah. down, and they don't know, mm-hmm. and people start well, questioning. I mean, where, the worst thing selling. for them is to for customers to start associating you with them when they didn't want that. And all they wanted is let's say your skills and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. they're not like featuring you. Like you said, unless you're Mm -hmm. featured, they don't really want. And I, I think that's one of the limitations of working with a big brand, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Is that they control their branding so much that they almost don't have space for you to Mm -hmm. self-express yourself Mm -hmm. when you're working with smaller brands, you get a little bit more room because then it becomes like a, I don't want to say true collaboration, but it really becomes more of like your e- more equal footing where it's mm-hmm. they want to feature you, you want to feature them, and you're really working together to build both of your brands together kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So slightly different, but mm-hmm. but on that note, just a I mean, in terms of sponsored posts, like what kind of reimbursement or return do you get if you're in your if you've been approached to do something like that? So typically I do ask for like an actual payment per sure. photo, yeah. per photo, per story, per reel or video. And usually my reels or videos are more expensive. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they usually pay for like supplies. So it does depend. It varies on the brand, but I'll, like you guys know, I've been working a lot with Michaels. They're one of my huge, biggest um, sponsors. Yeah, And I, I do want to say they probably pay me the most from smaller companies And it depends like what type of like project it was. There was a project that I did for Earth Day where I got to like make flowers out of recycled goods. And that was like a sponsored content. And it was one of my favorite projects that I did. And they did pay me a good amount, but it was just like the one time, right? They Mm -hmm. never, they're never, I hope they come out. Like a returning customer. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I 
to say like you know too many things that yeah. like I'm sure there's like a disclosure yeah. thing but like yeah basically they're not it's not going to be like a returning like like returning client you know? consistent yeah, 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 yeah. get work from them kind of exactly mm-hmm. whereas like Michael's I've I've been working with them like almost every month or so so it's mm-hmm. been really nice because they they do reach out to me for like seasonal stuff and one of the biggest things that I do is for the silhouette cameo because mm-hmm. I think they're they they're willing to it. push that as a content mm-hmm. that's amazing that's and I love that you get paid <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, luckily, like, and I think I've actually worked with them before the pandemic, and it was like for a wedding campaign or something. Like, I think they came up with a wedding line. So I think I was on their radar from before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But in general, like brands, like overall, they're very, very much pushing uh, marketing on social media ever since the pandemic because people are on social media because they're yeah. home and they're on their phones or um, they're on YouTube, like YouTube videos. Like I, like when I follow the bigger YouTube channels, they mentioned that like, it's, it's been like a really good year because mm-hmm. there are people are home watching YouTube videos. Yeah. 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 And um, in general, like crafting, like it's probably been, been huge with craftings and crafting stuff because yeah. people are home picking up hobbies so I, I feel like with the pandemic, they were more pushing towards advertising with influencers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're also trying to find more micro influencer. So that means you have less than 10,000. You can have a few yeah. hundred, but you have the de- mm-hmm. very devout followers. Mm-hmm. And yes. sometimes these brands are really looking toward that versus mm-hmm. someone that's really large and you mm-hmm. kind of get diluted a little bit because they're also sponsoring all these other brands yeah. too. And I and I actually we I talk about this a lot with my husband where we like I'm always like why would they approach me versus like all these other like artists that have like hundreds and thousands of like followers. And I'm always afraid I actually do have to submit like all my stats on like the posts and stuff when we get sponsored, that is kind of a thing that I have to like be open. I think Mm -hmm. like when you tag them, actually, they have the right to see the stats for that post. Yeah. Like through Instagram. But basically I was like, I'm so scared because like I get like so little views, so little likes. That's what I'm thinking, like compared to all these bigger artists. And like, I feel like, am I even giving them their money's worth Mm -hmm. of views and whatever? But like, when my husband and I were talking about this, because he's a numbers guy, so he's doing all the math for me when it comes to this kind of um, stuff. I don't know. But he was like, you know how much they pay for commercials on TV? And yet, like, that's not even a clickable, like, advertisement, right? Like, so they're just true. hoping you can go look it up. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and it's not, like, personal. It's not, like, and I feel like Instagrammers, like my my followers are willing to trust me mm-hmm. and look up to me in a sense where like, oh, she bought these supplies, I would want to buy them. So like he's saying like the actual ratio of how much they pay for a commercial on TV would be so much more ridiculous in cost for them for sure. versus a, a like an actual like maybe I didn't get like thousands of clicks but yeah. like the amount of clicks I did get is a little more promising in a sense and sure. compared to the cost that I'm asking which is 
probably nothing compared to a commercial. Oh, yeah. so true. And their yeah. budget, like their budget. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're a really good deal for them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the one who's producing the yeah. content for them. Exactly. So like, you know, when you're doing a commercial, which I did get to be in a commercial for them, um, we had a whole production team. Like, they're not just paying me. They're paying, like, every single person that's sitting there, like the camera guy. There, there was, like, a lighting guy. There was, like, a, a audio guy. Like, it was intense. And, yeah. like, every single one of them are be- is being paid. And then they have to pay for the commercial being aired. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, when you think of it in that way, like... Yeah. I get why like people mm-hmm. are at, brands are advertising with like people on social media and like, Oh, and TikTok is so big too. And like, even if you're not, if you don't have that many followers, you do get a good reach in a sense. And I see kind of like the movement going there. Like, like even for me, my, I just started doing TikTok too. And I like for the longest time I was like, Oh, that's for young kids. I can't, I don't want to be on there. And now <laughs> I'm on there. And I, you know, the other day my husband's like, Oh, like I want to look up places to go eat. And I'm like, Oh, I'll look it up on TikTok. Not <laughs> yes. on Instagram anymore. You know, so I feel exactly. like you need to get with that transition. <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. And like, definitely, like I was mentioning, videos has been such a huge, like, Mm -hmm. thing. They're, they're not paying for people to post photos anymore. They're, they're paying for video content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying, especially Mm -hmm. about like, you have to do all this. And honestly, the, the, your market, like the people who are following you, trust you, they will buy everything that you tell them to buy. Mm -hmm. And I, I struggle with that when brands don't want to pay you because Mm -hmm. they don't understand. They don't understand how powerful your Mm -hmm. presence on social media is. Mm -hmm. Like it's really powerful. Like those, even those 50 people that you have, if every one of them buy your product, like, think about what if it's you have promise. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's clickable. It's sticky. They click it mm-hmm. and they can buy it right away versus like you said. And also one really good tip for you guys. If you have all these different brands approaching you, really evaluate as the brand goals and mission statement aligns with what you are because you're representing you're representing your followers because they trust Mm -hmm. you. So make sure that what you're presenting to them, that you believe in the product and it aligns with what you want to sell. It's Mm -hmm. so important to make sure that as you grow your business, you're choosing the right partnership to grow. Mm -hmm. I actually had a, like a, I don't have that many people approaching me, but I do have a random amount of people that are brands that approach me, but they're pretty random. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I don't like, I don't know how I could pitch that. If that's the case, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that's so random. I can't, I can't even throw a paper flower in it. You know what I mean? So um, I know I, yeah, I definitely there's... do have to. <laughs> exactly. There's so many spam emails that I get that I'm like, mm-hmm. why are they even approaching me? I'm not even in the field. And I was like, I don't even know how to fit a paper flower into what they want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So true. <laughs> so definitely, like I, I, I'm, I'm involved in the crafting, I guess, content. I guess that I mean, like, really, like the last, the last year that I spoke with you guys, like, it was still kind of very new to me. So I wouldn't say that's what I was doing. But like over the year now, when I go back to my in-person workshops, when I 
give them my brief like bio about me. I actually do say I'm a I'm a digital like content creator for crafting tutorials. And that does sound way fancier than me. I make paper flowers. <laughs> but but uh, it's kind of changed over the years because I was just making paper flowers and then I was just teaching them in the classes, in the workshops, in person. But now it's become like I'm I'm actually like a content creator for either crafting tutorials or even just to tie in paper flowers with their product or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You do an amazing job. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I, it's still a work in progress though. Like I'm, I'm always learning. I think that's my biggest advice too for small business owners in general. It's just to be learning and making progress. Yeah. And I think like, like what I was mentioning with the whole aesthetics, like you're going to wait until you're you have the perfect photo or you're the your perfect video like it's it's going to take too long so i do believe in just you know pumping out and being consistent consistently reminding people that you're there but then improve your aesthetics and progress in the quality of you know quality of your flower quality of your photo and your video like all of all of that Oh, yeah, definitely. Another tip, if you're afraid to be in front of the camera, start practicing doing IG stories. They only last 24 hours and they'll go away. And people, I hate to say this, but people don't remember it as well as other particular um, video formats. So Mm -hmm. just do it. Just get in front of the camera and practice. And if you're scared to do it by yourself, Get someone to go live with you because the more that you get in front of the camera, the easier it will get. I know Mm -hmm. it's very daunting when you first start, but just keep doing it and practice. And Mm -hmm. as you know, Sarah says, keep learning, keep educating yourself, Mm -hmm. listen to more um, podcasts, listen to more uh, audiobooks or read more books and talk to other entrepreneurs because the more that you learn, the more that you're going to grow And the more that you're going to be seen in front of people, because you're being smart about how you're building your business. And I I want to say, actually, I I was never in front of the camera about two years ago. So it was kind of a little bit of a learning thing for me, too, because I wasn't I wasn't ever in front of the camera. That's why I never did IG lives. Mm-hmm. Which is um, what I want to ask until, you about mm-hmm. is I know you do more IGTV stuff now and IG lives. So tell us a little bit about that. I just wanted to be a little bit more personal. And like we were talking about, like, even if you have like 50 people that were clicking on those links, I wanted to make that personal relationship. And I think it comes with the whole IG live. It feels like you're hanging out with that person. And Again, now that I'm just home a lot of the time (laughs) and my kid had just started going back to school too. So like, I was like, I think it's a good time for me to start doing IG live and hoping that that could also be another way I can be marketed from brands. Oh, she does IG live. So she's comfortable enough to be in front of the camera. And like, I was so nervous the first time I went, I was like, or first time that I went live. But I think now it's just like, oh, whatever. Like I talk to myself. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I, I was like staring at like the view counts too. Like, cause I kept getting like distracted. I was like, I need to not look at that. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Even if no one's on it, it's still a video that I can just save and people could watch it later. And a lot of people watch it later. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah many. exactly. Yeah, definitely. I 
in like people that are not from Southern California, people that I don't even usually see that engage with me started engaging with me once I started going on live. And they'll be like, oh, remember that thing that you talked about on your live? I Like, I want to buy that. Like, where can I find it? They'll like DM me. And I was like, oh, they're actually listening and like watching Yay. me. It's like, it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and like one of the lives I was like, oh, where are you guys all from? Like, what countries are you guys from? Are you from Southern California? And they're all like, naming all these countries that I didn't even hear about and I was like wow that's a, like that's such an honor that like they're gonna like hop on my IG and like watch and like even respond where they're from and like I love that I, I love that yeah and yeah. I mean like I did talk about Quinn with this with Quinn when I met you at Seattle but like the IG live they did pay me for being on there for like however many times so that was a plus, but I didn't even know that that was a thing before when I started it. I so, probably got paid too for doing that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you could make money off it, but even without the money aspect to being there, being on their live, I think it was just nice because it was like personal and, mm-hmm. and honestly, like I do have a lot of input in crafting stuff. Yeah, you, know? you like, do. So, a lot of opinions. <laughs> I, I have a lot of tools and supplies that I yeah. did trial and error with, like things I like, things I don't like. And I don't I don't talk about that on my YouTube channel, trying to teach you how to make something in five minutes. Like I can't talk about those details. I could only talk about it on IG Live. So yeah. you do get a lot of, I hope you get a lot of like cool mm-hmm. tips and tricks from me from the live I do mention like some of the things that I love that got discontinued like that comes up all the time because I actually like this one floral tape brand and someone actually messaged me saying oh they discontinued that and I was so heartbroken I was like oh no was it from Doris (laughs) (laughs) we know exactly what you're talking about Yeah. And the next week I mentioned it on my live that I found out that it was discontinued. I didn't even know. And so like things like that, like I get to talk about like little details that, you know, I didn't necessarily like, I can't talk about in a, Mm -hmm. you know, five second story or like five minute tutorial while I'm trying to teach you an actual Mm -hmm. tutorial. You know, people complain about YouTube channels being too long too. Like I actually did all my research (laughs) in China, like look at other channels and then what people like what people don't like and there's people that are really mean and they're Mm -hmm. like oh that was too long of a tutorial or that that's too much why can't you fast forward that like what or that's too (laughs) fast right and I know they're just trolling on there but like I want to find all those inputs to at least Mm -hmm. you know incorporate in my video and I want to make sure like it's not content that's like so boring that's so long So actually my online workshops that I offer, it is a full video. It's about an hour long, but I go through it step by step. So if you want it to be more detailed, I do have that option. Mm -hmm. And in-person workshops, I talk about every single step. But like my YouTube tutorials are very much quick and then Mm -hmm. at least give you the gist of the idea. Um, And it's kind of like a preview too, in a sense, like, oh, you you can get better at this if you practice kind of preview. Yeah. Can I ask you, so one of the issues always is content. Like (laughs) Quinn and I are always trying to figure out what are we going to talk about on Wednesday, but you (laughs) seem to have everything organized and lined up. (laughs) So my question to you is like, uh, what are, like, how do you plan out all of your content? Like, what are you going to talk about on YouTube versus what are you going to talk about on Instagram versus what are you going to talk about on, I don't know, wherever other social media. (laughs) Yeah. TikTok. (laughs) 
I actually struggle with that a lot too. It's always kind of a trial and error. Like there's, there's just so much out there already. So I want to make sure it's not being repeated. I want it Mm. to be brand new. I want to be the first one who talks about it. Those are all the criteria. Um, (laughs) You set the bar so high. (laughs) It's really hard actually, but I have a list of things that I always write down. I'm like, like my husband's like driving and we're like going to wherever. And I'm like, oh, I need to do this. And I'll like type it up. I have a long list of notes on my phone in like what I want to make, what I want to try, what I want to do, whatever. And then like basically all those notes that I have, I like when I'm bored or when I like have some free time to figure out what tutorials I want to do, I'll look at it and be like, oh, I should make this. And then I'll Mm -hmm. try to fit it in my season. Basically, if it's fall, I'm like, oh, I said I was going to make a a one. My next ones are actually these um, brown eyed Susans. I want to show you guys. These are the things that I'm working on. They're the brown eyed Susans. And it was because I wanted to make like a fall themed flower that I haven't Mm -hmm. made before. And like some flowers kind of come up a lot when you type up like fall flowers or whatever. But I found these like small little ones that I wanted to do. And they kind of remind me of a sunflower. Mm -hmm. So then like I had put this on the list a long time ago. And when I recently looked back uh, to figure out what I want to make during fall time, I saw that and I was like, oh, I should make that during the fall. So then I I made it and mm-hmm. I need to launch it soon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, I don't know, like I do have to do a sponsored content like schedule. Yeah. So the ones that are coming up is fall related or holiday related. Do you get a lot of leeway in terms of what to post for the sponsor posts? Like, will your sponsor say you need to post about this glue or you need to post about this? Or is it kind of free for all? Like, oh, I'm just going uh, to choose a product. I could pitch my, yeah, I could pitch my idea to them. Mm-hmm. But typically they'll give me a like a theme, like what's the purpose of this? And if it's like the silhouette, you have to use the silhouette, whatever it is. So then I'll be yeah. like, oh, okay, then I'll I'll make some kind of flower that goes with this. I, I think like the holiday ones, they wanted me to use like maybe like ornaments or like, you know, like a holiday themed yeah. version. Then yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I tie it in together. But uh, luckily, like with those sponsored content, I could also kind of like not steal, but like I could take some of the ideas that I was making for that. And produce my mm-hmm. own content, basically. Yeah. And they don't mind you reposting it as long as it's a new video. Yeah. So sometimes I have to film the same thing, but in a different version, mm-hmm. like a different mm-hmm. color or different, yeah. um, like the way I style it. And then I post it as my own content. So like when I'm filming for one, say say these brown eyed Susans, and they're not part of my sponsored content, but if they were going to sponsor me for it, I would make it once and then I'll do the same video, but like in a different color or mm-hmm. whatever, like the same day, I'll plan it yeah. out so that I have two videos yeah. coming out and then I edit it down. So one is for them and one is for me and then I'll mm-hmm. post mine on YouTube. Yeah. So at least you don't have to do it. Like at least you can take a part of it and yeah. then make it your own thing too because you've already yeah. kind mm-hmm. of done the work yeah. you've done the thinking about okay but this is the mm-hmm. shot I need these are the things and mm-hmm. you're just repeating it a, you know a second time and kind of mm-hmm. reusing the content mm-hmm. yeah and, and they using the they don't want you to make too. the same video though they don't mm-hmm. want you to use the same video so I'm right. like okay okay but like a separate I'll, yeah 
But you've already done the work in terms of thinking about the Mm -hmm. doing the tutorial, right? You've already thought about like you've already made all that stuff, Mm -hmm. prepared everything. It's just the shooting part. Like, um, yes, you do have to do it twice, but you've at least like reused some of the Mm -hmm. time that you've spent doing, you Mm -hmm. know, the prep work. And it, and it looks nicer because I actually have more than one. Yes. <laughs> so I have to make like a handful. I have like trial and error one that I squeeze in in between, like behind. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. How long does it take you to do um, put together your content? Because you know, like you're putting together the the brown eye Susan, but how long does it take you from start of conception to execution? Usually what's the turnaround for that? I want to say like, like I was telling you guys before, it would take me like all day to prep, all day to shoot, all day to edit, and then all day to figure out when I'm going to even post it. Right. And then, and then I'm still not happy about it. That's how, that's where I was like probably a year ago, but now I think I want to say like, it'll take me a good hour or two to even get the concept down. I think that takes me the longest Mm because I'm like, I'm doing redoing it, making sure it's measured nicely. And like, I have to make a few to make it look like something. So it'll take me a good, let's just say like two hours to do kind of a trial and error process. Mm -hmm. And then it'll take me like, maybe like a half an hour to film. And then a good half an hour to an hour to edit down, depending on the what type of content it was. Mm-hmm. So it actually only takes me a few hours. And luckily now that my kid does go back to, went back to school, I get a few hours, only a few hours. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to, I don't want him to stay too long at the school, but within those few hours, I could, I could do a start to finish. And he's usually at school between eight to 12. And that would be kind of like my go time. Right. When I get home, I'll like pump out my flowers, film it, edit and then when he's home I'm ready to post it kind of thing that's amazing you're so efficient yeah. now, you were, uh, I know it took me a long time now I'm actually really good at editing it down yeah. very quick and I know exactly and even when I'm filming it I know exactly like what I need to film and mm-hmm. like the order of it because mm-hmm. before I was like filming everything and then it would be like hours and hours and hours of footage and then like there'll be like in between time that like I'm actually like making it but it's Mm -hmm. not something that I want to film but all of that would be like in there you know and then Mm -hmm. I have to like sit and search it out yes but now I like have everything planned out basically before I even start filming so that the video itself is already short and then Mm -hmm. when I edit it it'll just be like really easy for me to find yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that's such a trial and error process. Cause like I said, like a, even a year ago, the last time I was talking to you guys, like I didn't know how to do that at all. And um now I even memorize how to do like um keyboard shortcuts. Like shortcuts. Yes. Like, <laughs> so important you guys. Yeah. Especially if you're using a Mac or Adobe shortcut yes. is going to be yeah. your friend. Yes. <laughs> like I want to say last year I didn't know like I was sitting there and getting every single tab and like clicking whatever now I I learned it yes yes (laughs) well you've made a ton of videos 
tech savvy. So I like, it's a big deal for me. I was like, I always tell my husband, I'm really proud of myself for learning how to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can make your own shortcuts. So if you have a a specific way to do certain Mm -hmm. things, or if you want to do like for, here's a good example. When I edit my podcast, there's actually not a command to silence certain parts. So you can actually go in and says, I'm going to do this. And then there's another command for you to like, just do a ripple delete, which will take all the tracks and delete them all at the same time. Especially like if we want to say ums, um, we want to delete that out, but through all the tracks. So everybody's shortened at the same time. They have a weird command, but my fingers is small, so I can't reach as well. So I actually created my own shortcut on the keyboard that works really well. So I have a a silent one and a a ripple delete one that I can just easily do with one hand. So I didn't even know that. That's cool. Yeah, like the ripple delete. I think I have to do two hands because yeah it's like far away from exactly yeah. so go oh. to um there's a keyboard shortcuts mm-hmm. then you can go in and change the command just make sure it's not using another command one that you're using yeah yeah exactly oh, okay. or pre-program <laughs> so it's it's been a lifesaver I can like edit mm-hmm. so much faster now because right, right. everything is like within fingertips versus <laughs> okay where's that button <laughs> yeah yeah Wow. See, these are things that I learn all the time. I'm, I'm actually on YouTube trying to learn how to do these kind of things um, differently, yes. uh, like editing. I, oh, I just recently learned how to edit like my skin because I didn't want to be on like on YouTube itself. Like my DSLR is really uh, not filtered out. <laughs> <laughs> like I want the details of my flowers to show, but not like the details the of HD. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Gotta soften so all the features. Yeah. I'm like, how do I Instagram filter my YouTube videos? <laughs> no. Um, but now there's I actually had to like learn how to like uh, soften certain colors and then that that could include your skin, mm-hmm. um, blur out certain things. I mean, not that I'm like photoshopping my whole face, but like basically <laughs> like like you know, some things you wanna like clear out, like maybe like an yeah. electric outlet that was like standing out in the back background for whatever reason I could like blur that out and stuff so yeah um I'm learning how to do random like I don't know editing stuff on my yeah (laughs) who knew being a paper artist you have to do so much wear so many hats yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I I do say I love just making the paper flowers but I actually kind of like like, but then how am I supposed to show that to everybody else? Mm-hmm. Like, how am I mm-hmm. supposed to show? Exactly. Like, I, I think all of that does tie in well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I feel like, process. yeah. Um, I don't want to like learn how to do these things that I don't need to that like for my paper flowers, yeah. but I feel like it opened up such a huge part of my business in general for um, need to learn how to edit videos and all of that. It became an important part mm-hmm. in my business. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's worth investing time and money, like, cause you have to buy mm-hmm. like the right equipment and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also you guys, if don't feel daunted by this, but mm-hmm. I would definitely highly recommend learn how to use and edit and do all these different things. Mm-hmm. But in, once you have that income, give it to someone else, have someone else do it. So you can spend more time creating the content versus Mm -hmm. doing the post work of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, I would totally recommend people um, to at least get your professional like photos for your flowers, um, even for your, like your profile photo. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's worth uh, investing money to have professional photos, especially for your website. Um, but that'll also be a good way to inspire you to like learn it or maybe even upkeep kind of like that professionalism on your website. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but like my first video that was on my YouTube actually was professionally videographed, like by a person that like majored in video. So I had really high standards for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh no. But they did like a promo video and it's one of my favorite videos and it shows my flowers to be like really pretty. It's not a tutorial video. It's like a, you know, um, kind of like a commercial for your own brand, Um, which I totally recommend too for you guys Mm -hmm. to do and have like some kind of video footage for your own work. Mm -hmm. Because I think it, it definitely captures more than just a photo. Yeah. Oh, so true. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Sarah. This was such Mm -hmm. an amazing hour of talking to you. (laughs) Thank you for having me on here again. (laughs) But before you leave, we would love Mm -hmm. to ask you, what is your favorite app that you've been using every single day that you can't live without it? Okay. So I was thinking about this the whole time. What app? My favorite app is the Procreate app from my iPad Mm. because that's what's kind of changed my whole business recently. But even not for business, like just for me to doodle, for me to put some ideas on. Um, I mean, like I'm on the computer and my phone a lot for many different apps, but I think the Procreate app is like Mm -hmm. the best money I spent. It's not, it's not that expensive, but it's the best money I spent. I did buy, I did have to buy the app mm-hmm. on my iPad. Um, but that's where I make my templates. And then I could create my templates to go to my uh, silhouette cameo. Mm-hmm. But even outside of that, like I doodle, I make stickers for myself. I uh, trace my own paper flowers that I took photos of yeah. and then turn that into stickers. So it's super cute. And it's, like it my adorable, favorite app. guys yeah. <laughs> I have to go check thank it out you. thank you they're they're like a fa- my favorite like doodling app, app. yeah mm-hmm. oh Those I have a powerful. really fun app that I want to share with everybody if you guys are on TikTok and there's a lot of really great videos but you want to like remember it for later there's an app called pin talk that you can download on your phone and what it does you guys it will save you and then you can actually put it in categories and put little notes like, why did you save it? So you can look at it cool. later and easily find oh. it. And you can put folders in it too. So I have lots of great ideas saved away for futures. <laughs> That's so cool. It's like Pinterest, but yeah, yeah. Oh. exactly. It's fantastic. Pin talk. Pin talk. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Sarah, for sharing all of your extensive knowledge and experience with us. We had tons of questions, as you could tell. <laughs> um, Thank but you yeah, for having Sarah. me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. 
Today's episode is sponsored by our patrons: Eileen Lim, Maria Van White, Winnie McDowell, Jennifer Desplantes, Robin Bonnie Slipper, Laura Wheelie, Martha Tokas, Nina, Linda Drysdale, Lucinda, and Tina Proctor. We appreciate your donation, and we're excited to keep creating content for our paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www. Patreon.com/papertalk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there.